the only genuine opinion when it comes to a product is people who actually bought it and used it because uh, they take all the risk. They're the same people who have staked their job and their reputation on it, and it's either worked for them or it didn't. Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil from Hyper Engage Podcast. I have my co-host, Taylor Kenderson, and a very special guest, Jeff. He's a, a VP of Customer Success at PeerSpot. Is uh, more of a buying intelligence platform, uh, and they're doing incredibly well. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Jeff, for taking the time. Great to be here. Love that. So, uh, you know, you had a bit of experience uh you know, at Vanguard Retain, you've been very close net in the community of customer success leaders, you know, over the past three, four years. And then you kind of uh, jump right into, you know, more of a community platform, a SaaS plan, we'll explore more on what PeerSpot does. So what makes you think that, okay, you need to go ahead and make sure you don't go into a core SaaS platform, like all of these uh, that you see in the success space, in the in the in the intelligence, like uh, data intelligence, data analytics, all of these. What was that reason that you chose PeerSpot? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to why do I love customer success? And I think the answer is um, you get to spend a lot of time making people successful. Right? It's it's in the name, right? And what I find, and to, to, not to any fault, there there's plenty of places where this model works, but this sort of the the tech touch, low touch. Uh, model that a lot of companies adopt when they've got millions and millions of users um, is no fun to me, right? At the end of the day, I'm, I don't uh, I don't find it thrilling to write FAQs or to build chatbots um, or to you know sort of do grouped uh, uh, CSM models where you get a response in three to five days. Um, I'm I'm thrilled more by the the one-on-one -on -one interaction, the high-touch model where you get to genuinely build relationships, get to know people, and then sort of solve their problems based on really understanding them versus a couple of inputs they gave you in your platform. So going into something that is a little bit less SaaS focused and more sort of services focused gives me the option to build a, build a model that works that way. And, and it's also fun, just like you mentioned, kind of delivering that value back to someone else, watching them grow from maybe nothing to something like exponential. And you had a, a role in that, which is, you know, an incredible feeling. But before we dive a little bit into the CS function of, you know, PeerSpot and that, can you give us a little background on what PeerSpot is and how you guys deliver value to your customers? Gladly. So PeerSpot, sort of the, the uh, boilerplate, we're, we're the buying intelligence platform for enterprise tech. And what that means is there's a lot of enterprise tech software and hardware out there. Um, probably most of it is really good. Um, pr probably the vast majority of it is really good. And so when you're out there about to buy something where you're going to spend likely six, more likely seven or eight figures on a multi-year purchase for, you know, a, a major bank or insurance company or, you know, technology company, whatever it'll be, um, you're, you're staking your reputation on that purchase, maybe staking your job, uh, and you need to buy the right thing for you. And so we give people a platform to actually get that buying intelligence to figure out what is the right thing for me and my business what's going to be the right long-term solution let me figure out what other people 
think about this, right? Because the, the only genuine opinion when it comes to a product is people who actually bought it and used it because uh, they take all the risk. They're the same people who have staked their job and their reputation on it, and it's either worked for them or it didn't. And so we provide that platform for people to come in and figure out what real users of enterprise tech products and services think of those things, and then uh, give them a bunch of different ways to engage with that information and that audience on the platform. And that way you're making really well-informed decisions for your company, for your org. Yeah, it's really important to like serve them this knowledge and, and equip them with the information that you know people might need before they lock into these six, seven, eight figure deals that are quite scary, especially when you're potentially your job could yeah. be on the line. So with that, mm -hmm. you know, almost pressure in a sense, how do your how does your CS function, uh, CS team function? Can you walk us through like what your CS team looks like, how they engage with, you know, the customers, how they make sure that they're actually giving the customers the right information because it is the customer's job that might be on the line if they do decide to, you know, pair with a software that maybe wasn't a good fit. Um, so walk us through a little yeah. bit of how that dynamic plays out. Yeah, so let me, but before that, let me sort of, I'll put out the other side of the business model, which is the, and any time you spend on the platform doing research is free. Um, if, if either of you are looking to buy something, I invite you to go there. Uh, you'll find really long, in-depth, you know, very technical content um, that would be crazy for you to read if you weren't trying to buy something. Because um, well, why would you? And so that part is free. And my team doesn't actually interact with the people who come to the site. Um, those are buyers, and that's not who we talk to. We talk to the people who have their products listed on the site, right? So we're talking to the IBMs and the Oracles and the Amazons and the HPs and uh, all those, you know, wonderful companies that have their products on the site, their reviews and discussions and, and posts around those products. And people are coming in to figure out, should we buy them or not? And so if, if we can establish together that one the only kind of person that would come to our site and read something like that is somebody who's trying to buy something. Uh, and if we can establish that the content on the site is really useful to somebody who's trying to buy something, then uh, our platform becomes very interesting to people who sell technology. Because on the one hand, we offer them an audience of people who are trying to buy something, which is if you've ever been in sales and marketing is the hardest thing to find. And two, we already know what the people on our platform are interested in because I know what they read it. I know what they read there, right? And so we work with the marketing teams at these companies to offer them a very, very targeted audience and very, very interesting content for that audience. And based on those two things, we, we built out a suite of, of sort of marketing services that we sell to those people. Love that. Love that. It's a similar model as uh, G2 does go to crowd and they also uh, started back from israel i still remember their folks their senior leadership from uh, israel so now how do you guys manage the reputation like what does the framework for the reputation management when people can firmly trust on the opinions of, of professionals have shared about one tech let's say uipath if i want to decide okay i need automation robotic process automation what framework would i love or would be compatible for my systems my tech stack would that be blue prism would that be uipath uh would that be power automate would that be you know anything so how does that on the tech side on the on the reputation side based on the feature side and compatibility side how does that play out 
Yeah, so I, I mean, you chose a great example because RPA is, is obviously really hot in the world, but on our platform specifically, uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know which number trafficked category is, but it's up there. Um, you know, we, we've got great customers in that space who've been, you know, working with us for years. UiPath's a great example. You know, you can feel free to go read their case studies on the website. Um, but it's, it's a good question because at the end of the day, first of all, do they trust us to provide them with real content? Right, because it's you know it's been a challenge in the user review space. Um, second is, do they trust what's on the website? And then, how do we put it in a framework that's usable? How do we how do we give it to them in a way that actually helps them make a decision without it being too painful? So, um, as far as trusting us, that's easy. We don't write anything that's on the website. Right, we don't have any writers on staff. Uh, we don't have any uh, you know whatever copywriters or marketers working on the website or Enterprise tech, technical writers, uh, they don't exist by us. You can check LinkedIn and the job titles because the point is not for us to educate the market. The point is for us to provide a platform for the market to educate the market. Um, as far as being able to trust the people on the site, we have zero fake reviews on the platform. Uh, and and uh, I, mean, I mean zero. And that's because we have a, a triple authentication that we do where, first of all, we, we actually authenticate the people by speaking to them once they leave their review because we have follow-up questions and we need to make sure that the content is good we read and publish every single one of these reviews by hand um, and then we also go to these linkedin profiles and match the job title and the company that they gave us to that person um, so we a lot of work goes into the reviews and then the last thing that we do and this is the simplest one i saved for last is all of our reviews, or let's let's say 90 plus percent of them are captured on the phone. Um, so it's really, really hard to fake a review. Uh, you, you can generally probably go to ChatGPT and, and ask it, can you please give me a really good review Absolutely. for you know, Blue Prism? <laughs> uh, you can't do that when I'm talking to you, right? You need to actually know what you're talking about. And we record every conversation and then our team decides, is this legit? And, uh, you know, on top of that, we have a sta we have standards, right? You can't publish a review less than X number of words. So if you try to get away with on the phone, UiPath is great. I really like it. You know, the UI looks really good. And I like that it's, you know, blue and red. You're not going to make it. So we make That's it right. very, very hard for uh, fake content to get in. And then the, the last bit is like, what's the user journey? What actually makes this useful? So, I mean, I, I could obviously talk about this for probably a year now, but I think the the top things I would point at is, one, we try to make it easy, right? At, at the top of every section that you get to, if it's a product or a space, you'll find, we call it an executive summary, which will just give you the basics. It'll tell you, here's what it is. Here's the top players. Here's what users think about it. Um, our AI pulls those out based on engagement. And then it, it gives you a very easy way to dive further. Um, and then the second, I would say most important thing is the community aspect which is, okay, you know, I read the review, I've still got questions, or I don't really want to spend the time to go through all the reviews to find the one that directly addresses my concern. And so you can go to the discussion board for RPA, and you can write a post that says, can you tell me, you know, if, if UiPath or Automation Anywhere is the best, you know, best tool for my size company or for my infrastructure, or how do they work with Linux or, you know, whatever, whatever you might like. And we've got you know, several hundred thousand users on the website. Um, the ones that have shown interest in those products in the space will get notified. And then they'll come oh, answer your question. Love that. Love that. This is what so I was it, thinking. It about. makes it usable and trustworthy. That's the idea. Love that. Love that. Because if I want to, 
of course, decide. I would rather trust. Of course, I would trust your platform. That's why I'm on there. However, I would more be interested in what other customers, what opinions they have while making the same decision in the past. Or maybe they can, if I, if I can have a real-time answer to it, that would that would even uh, be better. I can communicate with instead stay, of- Stay tuned. It's, it's in the roadmap. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, great. great. Love that. Love that. So, you know, what has been the most challenging? Like, of course, this is one of the challenges. Reporting process automation, there are so many components. You have a business model in it. So I know bits of knowledge uh, on, on the RPA side because we are building bots for uh, some mid to uh, medium uh, size enterprise uh, businesses. However, you know, what is the most challenging tech when it comes to enterprise solutions and how did you overcome that challenge uh, with the help of AI? I'm sure that you have these AI models and all these queries pretty much build conditions, pretty much build on the back end. So it gets the right data across the right queries uh, people that people are searching. So how does that play out uh, sitting on your platform if I be there, visit, what's, what goes in the backstage? I'll answer your question, but differently. So, right, I'm not on the product mm -hmm. team. I wouldn't call myself mm -hmm. an expert in AI. I can, I can tell you what's the most difficult part about being a platform like ours, um, and that's cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. uh, not for ourselves, rather, the cybersecurity industry, where, mm -hmm. um, number one, it's very difficult to get people to leave reviews of cybersecurity products because it's kind of hilarious to tell the entire world which product you use. That's, I would say, the central challenge um, is trying to find meaningful, useful content about cybersecurity for you uh, sort of without compromising uh, certain organizations. And mm -hmm. I can't say we figured it out perfectly, but that's that's one of our number one traffic sort of we'll call them categories or, or sort of larger spaces. So the, the easiest thing that we found to do is give the people leaving the reviews the option to be anonymous. Right? Just don't tell us who you are. I don't really need to know the org you're from. I need to know a couple of things. I need to know your job title because I need to know exactly what you do. And if I'm somebody reading the review, am I compatible to you? Um, number two is I need to know what industry you're in because if I'm in healthcare and you're in, uh, I don't know, insurance, maybe those two don't overlap well. And then I need to know the size of your org, right? I need to know, all right, well, if you deployed this in a 400 person company, and we have 100,000 employees, I don't know if it scales that well. And once we got that right, um, not only did we get a significant influx of cybersecurity traffic, because obviously we have more content, but we got more content. So chicken or the egg, um, we, we got significantly more, more content and more in-depth content about cybersecurity. And now we are the leading uh, reviews sort of hub for the cybersecurity community. And we work with a very large number of these cybersecurity companies. Um, and I'll add one thing in there is, is, is the beauty of the reviews is not just for the community and for the audiences. If you are a, a cybersecurity company and we are gathering two, three, four thousand word reviews from your users, you have to be reading those. You need to understand what, what is the voice of the customer. Yes. Right. What do yes. they think? And so obviously I'm, I'm very biased towards appreciating that fact from the customer success side. What does your customer actually think? They've just given... They've just put their heart, you know, out there to the world mm -hmm. about what they think about your product. Even if it's, even if you don't love everything they had to say, product needs to know about it. Marketing needs to know. Sales needs to know. Exactly. I wish, I wish CEOs were reading these. Maybe they are. Um, you, you're getting raw, Dude. unfiltered third-party content about exactly what your customers think about you. 
Absolutely. And also the competitor side as well. Like you have people that are fishing in the same water and they have similar customers. And it is so essential for you to, you know, see how they are serving their customers. What is their uh, customer voice and all of that? I'll take that one step further, by the way. I think that's a that's an excellent point. If you if you were so inclined, uh, you could either pay us to do this, should you choose to, or do it yourself. Yes. Go to the website, go through all of your competitors' reviews, and start building stats, right? Okay. Mm. 41% of my closest competitors' reviews hate their UI. Okay. Well, mm. now when we go to you know build our battle cards for our sales team, we know our UI wins. That's how we can stand out. Right? Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, 80% of them, uh, 80% of your, your competitors' users love, uh, I don't know, how easy the onboarding is, whereas only 10% of ours do. Okay, product, listen up. Uh, you got work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, customer centricity is super important, and uh, that's how these platforms, even G2 Crowd, all of these uh, platform marketplaces, they come into play. And even, you know, when I was working at these uh, tech companies, I used to, you know, I was more on the customer-facing teams, and uh, I used to read all these reviews of competitors and uh, some of the similar tech, uh, technology platforms, and it helped me a lot. Okay, so now uh, sitting as a VP of customers, so how big is your team? Post we are, we're 14 right now. 14. Okay, so what kind of technologies you have incorporated to make sure you stay on top of data? Of course, you're more in the high-touch motion, as you said, you love it. So now sitting in a high-touch motion, what kind of training initiatives have you taken for your customer, like talking on customer education? And uh, on the on the flip side, what are, what kind of initiatives have you taken for training and management inside your team and how you're equipping them towards uh, making sure that they evolve with their customer goals along the journey, how you're mapping just a regular customer success ops? Yeah, so yeah, you said three things. I only remember the first one. So we'll we'll start there and then I'll ask you the other two. <laughs> Uh, first one you asked about technology. Um, so yes. uh, I have a deep and loving relationship with Salesforce. Um, that is uh, as as our company. That's our our main hub. Mm -hmm. um, on top, sitting on top of that, we have uh, Snowflake as our data warehouse, and then from an analytics standpoint, we have Tableau. Uh, you know, connected to that, so we get uh, we get all of our inputs from both our platform, from Salesforce, other data sources into uh, Snowflake and then Tableau uh, gives me incredible analytics uh, from that. So I have all sorts of uh, lovely Tableau reports that I like to use. Um, additionally, we have uh, Gong, like everybody else. Um, you know, we, as a voice of customer platform, if we weren't listening to our own customers, it'd be a little embarrassing. Yeah. So <laughs> very heavily used tool for us. Um, up until now, and I'm not sure, not sure if we're keeping it, but we, we use a tool called Dooley, uh, which has become very popular on my teams where it essentially um, gives you sort of inline editing uh, of Salesforce. Mm. So you can basically take your accounts and upload them in a list instead of scrolling through them in Salesforce. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, uh, just the regular sort of G Suite um, type things. We And uh, we, we have a, an NPS slash CSAT platform platform called Ask Nicely, uh, which is great for, for gathering survey feedback. Um, I think that's it. The, I think what's nice about sort of the high touch non-SAS motion is you don't need sort of the, I don't know, Pendo or like uh, any, any, you know, any of these other 
sort of usage-based tracking technologies um, because it doesn't quite work like that. Um, makes it more difficult in some cases, but we, we do have, I would say, a smaller tech stack than, than the majority of teams. We don't use any particular CS platform uh, because they don't generally support non-SaaS companies. Um, yeah, I'd say that's it. And then there was, uh, you asked something about customer education. Okay, yes. So as far as educating customers, we have the benefit of talking to them all the time, right? One of the uh, top line metrics for my team is how many customers we speak to every month. Um, the answer is, the answer is um, well, it's, it's, I should say specifically is how many calls do we do with customers every month? Uh, a call is a 30 minute Zoom session together with them. So uh, it's, I mean, it's in, uh, it's over a thousand a month. Uh, so we genuinely talk to customers constantly. The average customers with us will have a bi-weekly call. So every other week, uh, 30 minutes with their CSM, um, which we take great pride in, not because we're putting in the work, but because they want to talk to us, right? Meaning that there's there's inf interesting information being passed uh, back and yeah. forth that they want to keep engaging in. I don't know of anybody besides like maybe my wife and my mom that I speak to that frequently. Um, <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's, it's a compliment for us. And so what, what, from the education standpoint, that gives us a tremendous opportunity to speak to them and, and talk to them. So we, we don't have those struggles, let's say that uh, if, if it's customer advocacy, marketing, product, they want to get in front of a customer, I, I, I'll talk to them Tuesday, jump on the call, right? We don't have those issues. And so anytime there's an initiative, if it's rolling out a new product, if uh, if we've discovered a new use case for an existing product because some other customer came up with it and it was amazing, um, if we uh, released a new feature and we want to show people how it works, if we've done some analytics and we want to show it to them and explain to them how important it is, um, we have a, sort of a constant opportunity to do that. And so we sort of have the benefit of not needing a regimented customer education sort of cadence where, you know, an email or something like that, or a webinar goes out every, you know, six weeks or, you know, however you want to program it, because, you know, we'll, we'll have our weekly CST meeting. We'll say, okay, guys, we have this great new use case from customer X on your next call, bring it up. And then it happens. Love that. Love that. So, and what about, uh, you know, it goes both ways, like, uh, your team is consistently talking to the customer and taking notes and, you know, creating uh, some of the takeaways on weekly, uh, bi-weekly sprints, and that creates knowledge base for them about the customer industry. Is that right? Exactly. And we've got all sorts of, obviously, triggers set up, disappointed or, you know, whatever. We've got important information from these hundreds of calls that we do. You'll have all things that happen on the call, and then there will be section there for feedback depending on which product they gave the feedback about. Um, and then you'll have a section for, well, who attended. And you actually need to tag in Salesforce the contact that attended that call. And then um, we, we basically, all of the information that happened live on that call gets put into the database and then can be used after. So if we, you know, and then uh, myself, actually my, my CEO, as well as uh, other members of the executive team, uh, and uh, get a notification every single time we log a call with a customer. Uh, they get the notes in an email. Uh, my CEO reads every single one of them. Um, I don't know how he's been doing it for years. I have no idea how he pulls it off. Um, and it keeps, um, it, it makes knowledge transfer around the org very efficient um, because there's an automation uh, aspect to it. And then I obviously read every single one of them and I can act as that hub 
to say, uh, hey, these notes are great. You brought up a certain point there. I just saw that in you know, uh, Josh's notes. Um, you should know it's coming up in a few places. Here's the solution to that. And then I can also, from an internal training standpoint, I can start to notice these themes and then say, all right, well, four of my CSM struggled to answer that question. I got to do a training now. Or, you know, a few of our customers have mentioned the same thing. I got to go talk to product and see what we can do about this. Or, uh, you know, uh, a few of our customers are seeing a lot of value in this new use case. Make sure, let's make sure we get a case study so we can do more education externally. So um, from a pure, purely getting the information that happens on these calls back into the org, it's a good system. Interesting. Interesting. Great, Jeff. Yes, so we've got a lot of uh, SaaS platforms. Uh, they are trying to partner up with uh, these kind of, uh, so because they have like SaaS platforms that are serving more in the enterprise segment. They want to facilitate their customer as much as possible. They are doing investing a lot in customer education, advocacy, community building, networking. So I'm sure a lot of these would uh, listen to this episode. Uh, we have uh, Jeff from PeerSpot, the way they are trying to bridge this gap, a huge gap, especially in the enterprise. I'm glad that we have it for the enterprise, more in the enterprise, because it, it is even a bigger problem for, for enterprise, because the first thing that they won't understand, even marketing professionals, even uh, professionals that are dealing with enterprise tech on the compatibility side, on why, if they use UiPath or Power Automate or uh, Automation Anywhere, what consequences are those going to be and what how compatible these platforms are what are a range of differences they have uh, in terms of tech in terms of size uh there are so many moving parts so i love that we are we are talking about tech, enterprise tech so thank you very much jeff uh, i'm sure a lot of these uh, folks that are serving in the enterprise segment would consider peer spot as one of the markets they already know i'm sure it's big enough and uh and, and they'll definitely check on you and your team. So how they can you know partner up and uh, maybe join venture or maybe see how they can create a training of sorts around PeerSpot, getting their enterprise uh, accounts. There's a lot of uh, gap I still see and we spoke about it a lot today. Thank you very much, Jeff. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jeff. Have a good rest of your day. Oh, you guys are easy. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.